Hey everybody, welcome back to the Dundee Church Podcast. My name is J.D. Gorlatt, and I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. I'm joined again by my good friend and colleague, Keith Holmes, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. And you'll notice that we're if you're watching on video, which you can do, we yes. really yeah. hope you will do that. It, it, we think it adds something to it, although I don't know what. It's you'll scary. notice, though, that we're wearing the same clothes. Yeah. And uh, that's because we record three or four of these at a time. And, and, and you're here, if you hear noises in the background, that's right. not a haunting <laughs> right. in Venice. That's uh, that's actually the church being changed, right. which is great. It's for the better. Right. And and so that's the beauty. The, the This beautiful church is getting an update. It is. And I love that. It is. But we don't, you know, so it also is kind of a comical thing about the, the place where we record is not exactly some kind of an official studio. It's, right. It's an right office next halfway. To, it's right next to the closet and the in the attic, and people are banging hammers and everything else. Uh, we're uh, working our way through the book of John today. We're uh, in uh, John chapter six, and uh, we're going to read twenty verses twenty two through fifty nine. This is uh, the bread from heaven sermon. Uh, Jesus talking about who he is, uh, and this follows uh, him feeding the five thousand. Um, and, you know, he makes reference to that. So you really want to reference that moment in uh, the first uh, several verses of, of chapter 6 because yep. this leads and builds, uh, leads from that and builds on it. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, if, Keith, what is the most easy, what would you say is the most easy thing to believe about Jesus? And what would you say is the most difficult thing to believe about Jesus? I, you know, I think the most easy thing is, is that he was a real person. There is documentation, extra extra biblical documentation that there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth. So anybody that walks around says, well, Jesus wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you need to go back and look at history because historically right. there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth. People who weren't believers. Believers. Josephus mm-hmm. makes reference. Right. And, exactly. I mean, these are non-biblical sources. Not right. only non-biblical sources, they're not non-believing sources right. that acknowledge. Yeah, there's right. a guy named Jesus. Right. He, was a, he was a carpenter in Nazareth until he was about 30 years old, and then he started, and, and then it, on to the next part of right. the question, which is, what is the most difficult? <laughs> right. What he do you... starts proclaiming that he is God on earth. Mm-hmm. And I think, for me, one of the very difficult things, because my mind cannot comprehend it, is that he was 100% man and 100% God. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, how can 200% be in one vessel? Right. And um, sometimes I think it helps me that to know that he was 100% human because he goes through some of the things that we go through mm-hmm. and knowing that there is a humanity about him that makes it easy. It's just, it makes it, it's just difficult for me to comprehend. Yeah. And to build on that for me, it's, it, if I read the old Testament and I look at the laws of sacrifice and atonement, uh, that God gave, uh, one of my answers as far as the easiest thing to believe is, is that, it, it, it might sound odd to you for me to say it's easy for me to believe that God would make Himself to be the sacrifice, yeah, for our sins. Well, I mean, you study Old Testament, Book of Leviticus, First yeah. uh, Five Deuteronomy, yep. and you read about uh, you know the system for how to, how to atone for sins. Always about right. sacrificing animals, the blood of the animal, sprinkling yep. the blood around the altar, right. and all this. And uh, and so consistent with that, the idea of that makes it easy for me to believe 
Is, that might sound odd. It makes it easy for me to believe that he would make himself to be the lamb. Well, he knows he's the only one that can. Right. I mean, he's given us, an, in the, throughout the entire Old Testament, he's given us an imperfect way of doing it. Once a year, atoning for right. our sins, or you know, just but we're going to sin again, so we need to do it again, right? And so he knows he's the only one, once and for all, that can take away the sin. It would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, yeah. it's easy for me to say, yeah, God being of such a loving, sacrificially loving nature that yep. he would go to the extent of putting on human flesh right. and hundred percent, hundred percent, and in offering himself you, as you the bull. Can, you don't you don't stumble on the hundred percent, hundred percent as much, huh? Well, I, um, well, I'm not going to say I'm a, I'm no, I'm saying I stumble on that. I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm just saying that it makes sense to me that he would say only I can do it, and I'm going to do this, and right. I'm going to exhaust my love for my people by doing this. And I would say you are in a in a minority of people that believe the easiest thing is to understand that God did it for us, yeah. where most of us would probably go. I just can't believe he yeah. did it for us. I'm just saying with... But with, it, is, it is easy once you well, understand it's the, the nature it, of God. It's in the Old Testament right. that this is what's going on. That's all I'm saying is it, it, it just it connects to, 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 to Scripture for me rather easily to the point where I'm reading about in the Old Testament. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, here, here it is. Here's, right. here's the, the atoning uh, system, the atoning sacrifice, and it's like, okay... Um, I could see where where God would take would would do that. Now that being said, the idea of the Trinity and a hundred percent divine, I, I'm with yeah. you. I get what yeah. you're saying. That is the the Trinity. How in the world can God be three and be one? Yeah. And the comment that and hundred percent human and a hundred percent divine. Um, how can that be? Uh, but. The thing that's comforting to me, that's very difficult. I'll yeah. agree with you uh, completely. Yeah. But the thing that's comforting to me is just the thought that if God is God, then there are things about God that are not understandable oh, by absolutely. me. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. so it's like, it, it, if everything, it, it wouldn't seem to be God if everything was easy for me to believe about God. It, yeah. Well, it, there, yeah, it's, you know, wh- what kind of God doesn't control every aspect of, of you know, would he be worth worshiping if right. he didn't? Or, you know, if he's not 100%, if he can't do the impossible things that we we find impossible, right? then, yeah, is he a God worth worshiping? So on last week's podcast, we talked about the walking, uh, Jesus walking on water, and my reaction is like, well, wait a minute, I, I can't, under- that's difficult for me to believe. It's really difficult. I've literally been on the Sea of Galilee, and I put my hand on the water water yeah. and just was touching it and it was like <laughs> is there any any way for yeah. you know uh yeah. and you know it's just water like anything else and yeah. and uh obviously and uh so yeah that's difficult to impossible for me to believe and yet at the same time if Jesus is God it's not difficult for me to believe that right. it, because it makes sense well, that he's doing something that I can't but understand. But isn't that the paradox of Christianity? That is. Right? That if, if you believe in the sovereignty and of, of God and Christ, then how hard is it to believe in everything that he does? Right. It's, it makes sense that what he does is senseless right. to me, right. uh, is what I'm saying. So, so today we're working through uh, verses 22 through 59 in the book of uh, John chapter 6. And the passage begins after uh, the walking on water and the feeding of the 5,000, and, and it begins with a large crowd. You know, to a certain extent, the, the disciples and Jesus have escaped the crowd. They've gotten right. away. Right. And it begins with that crowd, you know, looking for Jesus. Hunting him down. Hunting him down. And, and, and so how does the passage begin? It begins with human 
uh, desire to see Jesus, to be with Jesus, to find you. It starts with us, a crowd, a mob, looking for Jesus. Uh, And and at this point, Jesus has done several things uh, and said several things uh, uh, and has displayed uh, several things about himself that make people want to be with him. We, We should notice... Churches, pastors should notice that Jesus in just his pure, honest form is going to be something that's going to be very, very attractive to people. So the passage begins with people wanting to see Jesus, wanting to be around Jesus, wondering where Jesus is, doing and and actually going to great lengths and great sacrifices in order to be around uh, Jesus. Right, they climb in boats, they they sail across the sea looking for him, they're, they're, they're wandering, I'm sure... Plenty of them are running along the shoreline. Right, exactly. I mean, they're just seeking him out because he is, he's he's a pleasure to be around. What does Jesus do with that, though? What well, do you see him doing with that? It's, you know, he it, the, he seems pretty harsh when they finally catch up with him. And mm-hmm. he says, you know, when he tells them, he, he says to them, um, and I'm trying to find, I think it was 26, 27, somewhere along in there, um, uh, that you do not, you, you know, you do not, you know, seek me out. Um, 26, for, Jesus, it, yeah, very 26, truly, right. I, uh, I, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you are, ate your fill of the loaves, right, so, the feeding of the 5,000 Right, yesterday. so he's, he's referring back to that, yeah, saying, you, you just want more food out of me. I'm not a vending machine, if, you know, if they knew what vending machines was, but were, but, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I think what he does with this is, is he turns it into to an opportunity to help them examine their motives. Mm-hmm. I think what he's doing here is he's saying, why are you following me? Is it because you were filled, you ate your fill and you think you can do it again today? Mm-hmm. Or are you following me because I'm I'm giving you signs of uh, and miracles that I am the Messiah, the chosen one of God, right. and I'm going to demand more of you. And yes. We'll talk about that here in, in next, uh, you know, in the next few verses, or maybe even next next time. But but yeah, he he's priming the pump here to say, examine why you follow me. Right. He's taking he's he's taking something that is the undeniable. There willingness to do anything to be in his his presence right. and he's saying this is why you're you're doing this and it's not because i'm doing magic tricks that entertain you right. signs that are spectacular that cause you to be in awe you actually were fed by me right and i want you to notice that you're here because i fed you i want you to know i, I, I want you to notice that part of it. I want you to right. notice that I did something for you that was real, that worked on your belly, that gave you sustenance. You you are here because you know that I can answer your most basic need, and that is to be fed, uh, not be, not to be entertained, but to be sustained. And right. and uh, uh, so he, 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 they're all undeniable. They they cannot deny that they want to see him they, because right. they've done everything just to be in his presence. And right. he's like, now I want to to define why you came. Right. Now, this is an interesting thought for me, Keith, because, you know, why do we come to church? Why are we coming to to Christ? You're here because you know I can feed you. You, right. uh, you know that I have feed you, you know, fed you. You know that I'm the source of feeding. I am the source of nourishment. But you tell yourself a whole lot of other garbage right. uh, uh, about why you're here or what right. I'm supposed to be doing in your life. But the truth of the matter is, is that I'm the one 
who has fed you in the past, and I am the one who, and you know it. You right. know that that's true, and, and, and you're right. He, it sounds a little bit harsh, well, but he's harsh because he wants to make a point about himself and about uh, his role in their lives. Absolutely. You know? I mean, you, you, you're going to find out what it's going to take. Where, Like I said, we're not going to talk about that today, it looks like. We'll probably talk cover that next, so come back next time. <laughs> uh, just a little plug there. But, you know, you, we're going to find out what it takes to follow Christ. And I, I like you say, I, I love your interpretation of that because it really does. It, you know, are you here because I fed you and you just want more food for your... Because he talks about these. Do not work for the food that will ultimately not satisfy That will you. spoil, right? That will spoil. Work for the food that satisfies eternally, and mm-hmm. that is, you know, well, what should we do? He mm-hmm. and the end of the crowd right. asks. Right, and, so and so that transitions into what we, our next point of, of yeah. discussion, and is that, that is what do we learn about the process of salvation. If you look at verses 28 and 29, and we hope you do at home, got right. your Bibles open, and we're just, a, we're just kind of a, a commentary here for right. you uh, to, to assist you in your study. They said to him, what must we do to perform the works of God? So they have in yeah. mind, as we, as we do, uh, that there are things that we have to do in order to perform the works of God, in order to earn this. Right. And Jesus quickly answers, he says, in verse 29, Jesus answered them, this is the work of, there is a work of God. Right. There is something to do. And our ears prick up and say, okay, where's, oh, here's, here let's we are. get the checklist. Get the check- and I was just going to say, let's get the checklist. Let's get that checklist right. out. And Jesus says, here is the work uh, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. All you have to do is believe. Right. All you have to do is believe that, he, that Jesus... But that's just one box. Is, yeah. <laughs> it sounds so too simple. And yet we're not doing right. it. Right. Uh, well, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think right back to the, the 12 disciples that were in that boat probably sitting there going... We have to believe. Why didn't we believe last right. night? I, you know, how, how could we have tried to do this on our own when Christ is, you know, Jesus is the guy? And yeah. I could just see them kind of, you know, looking us, you know, all everywhere, but at Jesus at that moment when he says, the work of heaven is to believe. Right. God is to believe. But man, um, I, I wanted to say, yeah, that, that, you know, the work that we have to do is believe because here's a group of people and and I'm afraid modern Christians have even started lumping on or heaping on things we have to do. Right. And yet here it is in 26 through 29. This is what we have. The one thing we have to do is believe. And we constantly think about the human condition just here in this room. If you're watching on video, if you're listening on your on your own without the video, you know, we just got a lot of stuff in this room. Yeah. And in uh, the mentality of human beings about stuff, uh, I got my phone here. I've got a pen. I've got this coffee cup. I've got the Bible, my glasses. Yeah. Yeah. These are all objects, tools that I use, even the Bible, God forbid, that I just, I, I, I take this. And I use these things when I need them. And right. then I put them down and I don't give them a thought. Right. Uh, and, and how I, I think Jesus is trying to, to prevent us from doing that to him. And we do this with him. It's like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And I'm going, like this Kleenex box, I'm just going to use it. I'm, I'm going to use Jesus when I need. Right. I'm going to take a little bit out. Right. And then I'm just going to put it over there. And I'm not even going to think about him at all. Right. At all. And Jesus is like, the work is, is, is to believe. That's a constant thing. Right. That is not a, 
as needed utilitarian type of type right. of a thing. This is a constant relationship of 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 trusting that I am going to feed you, that that I'm going to, and we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Right. I'm your daily bread. Are you trusting that? Are you believing that? That I am going to that I'm going to feed you with what you really need. Uh, not just food, not it, 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 real food, tangible, you know, bread, right. uh, but bread of a spiritual nature, right. uh, of an emotional food, nature, right. uh, anxiety reducing, uh, and 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 soothing, and and uh, fear soothing. Boy, what a great comment to the to the world in general today. If you want, because yeah, my daughter mentioned crippling anxiety, yeah. the other day. In How many people like her? How know? many people are like that? And yet, the bread of heaven, right. not Jesus. Will will help us through those moments. It won't take it away. Yeah, it's not you know. It's like hunger. It keeps coming back. Yeah, and so you know, but constantly being nourished by Christ, constant like you said, just being considerate of Him and considering Him and and thinking about Him. You know, it it should help us in that. First off, build a stronger relationship with Him, and then be ready and be handy when we need Him. I think I think you know back to when I was a kid growing up. One of the big things about my kids' ministry that I always thought was, you know, I want I want the Bible to be relevant to these kids when they hit situations because mm. I can tell you when I was growing up in the church I grew up in, the, the Bible wasn't relevant. Yeah, it was cute stories on right. a flannel graph. Mrs. Smith was up there putting you know moving <laughs> Jesus around on the donkey and Easter and Palm Sunday and we all got to wave palms. But it wasn't it wasn't real to me, and I wanted to make sure that because when I came to the decision making process, I didn't have scripture verses memorized. I didn't have right. Bible. I just you know it wasn't real to me. So I one of the things that I try you know let's make the Bible real to us, not just kids but ourselves as adults. Right. Right. We need to continue to be in there. Jesus says the. Work is to believe, and right. we we shouldn't hear that and say, "Oh yeah, no, I believe Jesus is yeah. the Son of God." <laughs> no, I mean we should hear continuing action, constant right. thing. One of the things I, I said to a friend the other day, I was like, you know, I quite often wake up in the middle of the night, two thirty, three o'clock, and I can't get back to sleep. Usually, so we, we think in terms of sins as being, "Hey, I stole, you know, I stole money from somebody, yeah. or I, I beat somebody up, or I said terrible things to somebody." Yeah, those are sins. But one of my greatest sins is 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 not allowing my belief in God to be active enough to get me to go back to sleep, yeah. to get me to rest, and to get me to have peace. Because he says, come to me and you will find rest. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm like, okay, so what am I doing at, at, at 2.30? Why am I up? Well, I'm anxious. I'm worried about something that's going to come up. Am right. I taking any time in that moment alone in the middle of the night to pray, and not only to pray, but to have that prayer enhance and renew my belief in that moment of not just giving Jesus a title, not just, well, I believe Jesus is a Christ. Yeah, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah, I believe Jesus is atoning sacrifice. No, in this moment when I can't get back to sleep, I'm believing that God is my sustenance, that yeah. God will protect me, that God is the good shepherd. I shall not be in want. Yeah. Uh, uh, am I activating that when it matters? The work is to believe, and that's not just a one day, hey, I've decided to follow Jesus. Uh, that is a constant every moment uh, when you're hungry, you know, to believe that, that Jesus is going to provide and going to soothe that, that uh, problem. And I want to yeah. say it's, it's such a great and hopeful way to live. 
I think, you know, because we can get burdened down with a, oh, we have to trust Jesus, mm-hmm. so we have to do this. It's like, no, at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're, when you're, you know, fretting over something to the point you can't get back to sleep, what a joy it is to run to Christ and say, okay, God, I know you're going to take me through this, but I know you're going to be there with me, and I know you're, go- you're working it together for my good, and believing it, because that's the hard part. That's right. the work, is the belief and that he's, that's going to do it. And he says in verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. See, this is yep. what I'm saying. Yep. Daily, every day. I mean, you, you can't just make one uh, statement of faith and have that cover all of your hungers in every moment at every place that you have to continually come back to this place right. where he feeds you and it's a place out in the middle of nowhere uh, that where he feeds you with two 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 fish and five loaves right. uh, uh, never be hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty um, uh, it, but you do not believe. You, you know, you, you're not actively uh, believing. He, he wants, and, and so the question for me is: In what way does Jesus want us to think of ourselves? Uh, I think He wants us to see that we are uh, constantly in need of active believing every single day, and constantly hungry. You know, we we know that our bodies are going to get hungry. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be hunting for eggs Benedict. That's just my thing. Uh, I know that's going, and I'm not. I'm not concerned about that because right. I know that I can find eggs Benedict uh, right. or make it myself in right. a number of places. Uh, do I recognize that I am constantly... And it doesn't bother me that my body gets hungry yeah. over and over and over and over again. Yes, well, you uh, and both. And, and, uh, uh, but do I recognize that my spirit is, is, is constantly starving? Yeah. I, I, how can you ignore that you're starving? You, I, you, you know. can't. You can't ignore it. it, it but becomes, we do from a spiritual standpoint. Well, that's true. That is true because we may not even recognize that we're starving. You know, we may think, oh, no, I've got a good, you know, talking this way just reminds me of the marriage analogy, that whole idea. Yeah, I I stood at an altar with a lady and we said I do, so I'm married. And then you go back to living as a bachelor or a bachelorette. You go back to living the way you had. Or you just don't, and you just don't attend to the relationship on a daily basis. Exactly. That's, that's. Because that's what I think a lot of Christians do. Say, like, oh no, I, I said yes to Jesus, I, and that was all I had to do. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you're you're in, you're now in a relationship with him, like a marriage. Right. That, that you just you, just the idea that oh yep, yeah, Alice and I are married. We haven't seen each other in twenty years, but yeah, we're still married around here somewhere. <laughs> right. Satisfies the state of yeah, Nebraska. Check the box. Yeah, right. I check the box, and there and but that's what I think. People tend to do. He wants they, to open our eyes to yeah. our need to constant attend, yeah. constantly attend. And I'm sorry to interrupt. Than a wife but or a husband is just the relationship with Christ because he's going to be able to fulfill the needs that we have mm-hmm. and do it in in a way that he would do it if we let him. And and, that's and, so great. and then the people react to Jesus, oh, saying yeah. that I am the bread of life. And how would you react to anybody coming? By the way, I'm the bread of life. Uh, you know, uh, whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and, and whoever believes in me will will never be thirsty. I mean, really, I mean, how would you react to, I, to, to someone like, how, how do they react? I love this? it in 41. Then the Jews began to complain. Right, because <laughs> he like, said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Yes. Uh, they were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? And we know they're idiots, uh, you know, at my addition. How can he now say, I come down from heaven? How do they... How would you characterize how they react? I think typically they react in a very typical manner Mm. for for people that they just say, 
oh, well, he can't be that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know his parents. He says he comes from heaven, mm-hmm. but we know Joseph. He was a carpenter, you know. We know Mary. She's, you know, with the other three or four kids or whatever. That the they've been around forever. How can how can he say he came from heaven? They they react uh, typically and predictably. Right. They they react out of what they know. Only yep. it is what they think they know. They react w- out of what they think is possible. Uh, yeah. And uh, in in Christ uh, is is impossible. Right. It, 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 according to our assessment, he's not impossible for God, but no. he is impossible for human right. beings. And so they immediately say he, it's impossible. And how often do we do that? How mm-hmm. often do we say, we know the bread of heaven, but he can't solve this problem mm-hmm. for us. Right, exactly. I mean, we're putting ourselves in that in the story at that point. I hope we are. Right. I hope we are, because that's what we're always needing to do, is put yep. ourselves in this place. Put yourself in the place where, where Jesus is looking at you and said, I am the bread. I am the bread. I am the bread of heaven. I am, I am the best thing that you are ever going to have. How would you react to a human being? Here's the story. 100% human being right. uh, saying this to you, you would react very much the way they... How can you... I mean, I like you, but how can you say something like that? It's just absolutely crazy. You would react that way. But why? Where does that reaction come from? It comes from you know uh, your own assumption of what's possible right. and what is real. And yet, you don't recognize that even though you live in reality, you're not as big an expert on reality as you think, think you, are. you are. So Jesus has said something to them, to us, mm-hmm. that they can't handle. And it's important for us to, I think, recognize that we would react the same way, that they're reacting oh, for us. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times we, we read passages and we well, I wouldn't react that way. Jesus would declare that he is the bread of heaven that's come down from heaven. And I'd be like, yeah, sure, I knew that. I knew that before you. You didn't even have yeah. to tell me. Right. I knew that. Uh, and you know, this is just, you're just wasting your time. You, the Bible gives you the reactions of the people because it's it, it's giving us our reaction uh, to to Jesus. Uh, we would be like, well, how can this be? What how, how can this possibly be that he would be, uh, 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 you know, the bread the bread of heaven? So Jesus in in capsule has said something that is too hard for them to handle, and is upsetting to them. And then that's their reaction. Their reaction is, wait, come on, this doesn't... And they're arguing with each other. They're arguing with him, uh, to clarify. And then I want to ask, how does does Jesus... uh, How does and how doesn't Jesus react to their reaction? Now, let me read this for you, and then I'll ask that question, because starting in verse uh, 52, it says, the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us... Uh, his flesh to eat. Uh, verse 51, before that, uh, uh, back up a little bit, I'm sorry. Sure. Uh, verse 48, he says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This, in other words, I am the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. He's talking about himself when they know right. that they're, that he's talking about himself. Right. Uh, whoever eats of this bread, he's talking of me, uh, bre- uh, will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Uh, and then the Jews, uh, 52, uh, the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So uh, that's, their, that's their reaction. Right. Uh, so Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. How would you say that Jesus reacts, and how would you say that he does not react to their, their reaction to him. Well, first off, he doesn't calm them down, saying, okay, sorry, maybe I went too far. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe I, I'm sorry, did I say, you don't have to eat me. You don't, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. It's, I misspoke. It's, I, I, yes, I misspoke. Yes, <laughs> Jesus saying I misspoke. Uh, but, but you know, he's, he doesn't calm them down. He doesn't, he lets this situation. And then, I think even more so, he heaps even more on. He does. He, because, you know, you, just even to our modern sensibilities, eating flesh and drinking blood is cannibalism and is distasteful to a degree that we can't... You know, right. You, you just can't. But to a Jew who had laws that said you cannot drink the blood of animals, right. that was a mortal sin. Right. He's now telling them, well, you're going to have to drink my blood. Right. It's like, well, that lamb that you've been killing every year, you should have been drinking the blood mm. of the lamb. Mm. It's like, wait, no, that's, that's complete. I mean, the 180 degree turn that these guys had to do in their thinking. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just, and I think, again, he puts us in positions where are we willing to follow him? Just like with Andrew and Peter, uh, Philip in the, in the sermon on, you know, feeding of the 5,000 last week. Yeah, are we, do we see what Jesus is capable of? It is amazing to me that Jesus uh, does not coddle. Yeah, us. Right. Uh, right when we are distressed, right when we are arguing, right when he has said something that is just mind-boggling, that he is the bread of life that has come down from heaven, he doubles down. Right. He pushes even harder yep. on us because it's that important. He, uh, he doesn't give us a rest. Well, I've said a little bit too much today. I'm going to let right. you digest that and just kind of get back to me when you're comfortable. Right. No, I am... I, you got to drink my blood. You have to eat my, my flesh. flesh. You have to... In order to be one with me, I am real food. If you don't have this, uh, you don't have life, and you you are you are right. dead if right. you don't do this, if you don't have this, if you don't believe. And it, it, he, and he knows that they are going to mishear it. Right. He knows that this is going to be distressing to them. He knows that they're going to even be angrier. And he knows exactly what he is doing, and he does not back away. Nope. Get ready for Jesus to handle you this way. In many times, we, you know, uh, is Jesus gentle and is he kind? Is he, of course, he's patient. Right. All these kind, is he gracious and merciful? Yes, absolutely. But he is also this. But I think this is for people who think they figured it out. Those of us in those moments when we're in the boat, when we're we're struggling, or or you know, the the thief on the cross, who's like, look, I deserve what I'm getting. I mean, in those moments of you know doubt and 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 just like oh my gosh how am i going to get out of this or you know how am i going to get through this maybe that's not mm -hmm. how to out because jesus isn't going to let us out mm -hmm. very much in our lives he's going to get us through things right and so so but here he's talking to a bunch of people that are like oh yes well we know we understand the bread we you know he fed us and we get that and that's all very well and good and let's continue talking about that jesus and then all of a sudden he's like, okay, well, no, no, let me tell you what I meant mm -hmm. now when I said that I am the bread of heaven. You, you might be upset at that, but this is the truth of the matter. It does not bother him that, he, that, they are, that we are upset. 
No. It does not bother him that he has said something, nope. that he has made a declaration about himself, that he has told the truth, yep. and we are mad about it. It does cool. not rattle him. It does not change him. It does nope. not affect him at nope. all. Please notice that yes. from this story. I think it's huge because, I mean, he doesn't, <laughs> I don't want to say he doesn't care about what we think. I think he wants us to, he wants to ensure we're thinking the right way. Right. And I think that's huge in this scene yeah. at this point at the end of the at the end of the episode here. We really see Jesus saying to them, Do you understand what this means? Right. Because you thought you did, but I don't think you know. Right. And so And and in the next podcast we're going to get into even further reaction to this. Yeah. This chapter six, this bread feeding people either feeding the five thousand and then doing the bread sermon and saying, I didn't just feed you this is what it says about me, about who I am and who you are in relationship to me. It gets a reaction uh, that we see today and then continuing into the next podcast. And and Jesus doesn't, it doesn't shorten him up. It doesn't, it doesn't sell him out. He continues uh, with the truth, no matter how upsetting to us that it is. He, if then, then now, and if with them, then also with us. Amen. Yeah. Well, we're uh, thankful to have you here on the Dundee Church Podcast. Uh, we're going to continue our study uh, next time. Book of John. We got a lot to talk we about. We do. It's huge. It's awesome. And we're uh, very thankful to have you with us. We'll see you next time.